0: She was just this pale, human-like figure. Basically just a human. Like, not, she wasn't human, it was a demon. But a pale lady just with black hair, black everything. And I would look in the mirror, I would see her. I would look out, look over there, and I wouldn't see her. I was like, see, this is why I just want to be normal. (laughs) Because ain't nobody got time.
1: I'm Adira Polite. And this is Then God Moved. Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute. As some of you know, I've been working for another podcast called Maybe God. Go check it out. I'm working part time helping them with production, promotion, all those sorts of things. So I'm splitting my time now between this podcast, which I do unpaid, and my work with Maybe God. So this episode you're about to hear features one of my good friends, Jasmine Harris. We recorded this episode in my basement studio. This is actually my first time recording in person with the guest in my home studio. I only have a single microphone, you know. Recent seminary grad, not really rolling in the dough yet. So, if you would like to help with that situation, feel free to donate to Then God Moved. You can do so via Venmo at Then God Moved, or via PayPal Then Moved at gmail.com. So, apologies for the audio issues. We we're moving the microphone between the two of us, so you're gonna hear things go in and out. But I did my best with editing. It's a great episode, lots of laughter. This also serves as a content warning. This episode touches on a number of heavy things, including childhood sex abuse, suicidal ideation, amongst other things. But this episode, of course, comes with a message of hope. I love Jasmine, and I'm sure you will too. So I'm here with my friend Jasmine Harris. We met at a birthday party like a year, two years ago.
0: It was a gala birthday party,
1: y'all. Yes, it was a gala birthday up we were Mm impressed we looked good we looked good i remember how we started talking i was like brought there by my friend who was visiting me in atlanta shout out to anna louise my friend from kindergarten we've been friends for a very long time wow yeah she's my old friend she was persistent
0: about us being friends too
1: yeah wait really
0: yeah she really was she was just like yeah you really need to be my friends with my friend adira and like here's her instagram and like Oh. She literally was like, oh yeah, she lives here too. Because what uh, happened was we were dancing and being lit, you know, because that's what I do.
1: On the Holy Spirit. Lit on the Holy Spirit.
0: We are having such a good time and her friend was like, hey, like it's my friend Adira. Like, she lives to Georgia. Like, you guys should be friends. And then it was a whole um, series of events of us trying to schedule to hang out. And mm-hmm. that took months. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally hung out, it was. It was God. Mm-hmm. It was intentional, and it was a reason. And the timing was perfect yeah. with what we were going through in that season, and currently are still going through. Mm-hmm. In this season, going so. through
1: the same old, same, same old.
0: old thing. And we'll talk about that a different day. <laughs> That'll be a testimony. Amen. <laughs> Coming out in a TV show. So
1: yes. A documentary series and a fictionalized version, (laughs) a casted version and a documentary. There needs,
0: like, you don't even need fiction in this story because the real life story is so wild that you can't make this up. Like, it's just a lot of twists and turns.
1: That is very true. So we're gonna start with the beginning of your can't make this up, which is how you came to know the Lord. So can you tell us a little bit about where you were before you knew the Lord? And how he brought you to himself.
0: Got you. So I grew up um, in a family that had already been in the church. Um, My mom had kind of, she kind of strayed and she was doing her own thing. Um, So I was her first child. She was so she can have kids for whatever reason. And, you know, I remember her telling me that she was in the hospital. Um, She had some some issues and they were telling her this and there was a nurse that came to her and that said um maybe don't worry they don't know what they're talking about and like she really just felt like that was like an angel that was telling her like no like you're gonna have kids um so my mom was out doing her thing um in her 20s she saw, saw a cute guy and they did their thing and she didn't think anything of it because she didn't feel like she could have kids and guess who popped up she didn't have a relationship with my dad like that they c- kind of tried to get together in a way, but it just wasn't working. They were two different. And basically what ended up happening is obviously breaking up. And then I just basically lived with my mom and she had this whole life. At one point she ended up like rededicating her life to Christ. And that is when we started like being really, really in church. But I've met the Lord when I was probably like, what, seven? Um, when she rededicated her life to Christ and I actually went to a Christian private school called Village Christian in California. And I recently found the paperwork for signing up. And they were just talking about how um, what they believed in, like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and breaking it all down. I was like, God, you were so intentional, like yeah. from like a very young age, like he had it set up, even though my mom, when she originally had me signed up into that school, her life was not imitating Christ and she was not fully following Christ. Like, God was so intentional to plant those seeds younger in me. Um, so when my mom did dedicate her life to Christ, we were in church all the time. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because she was um, she was on the worship team. She was in the choir. You know, we had Bible study on Wednesdays. Then on Sundays, we're at church all day because she got to sing for every single service. I was about like 12 around this time, like eleven, twelve, when she got really, really heavy into church. And um, she was around a lot of different adults that were really on fire for God. Like a lot of people that were prophetic and all these different things, all these gifts. And I didn't really realize it until adulthood, like thinking back on it, like what seeds God was like really planting at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was younger, um, I struggled with fear a lot. And the reason why I struggle with fear is because I would see spiritual things. I would see demons in people from a young age. Mm. And um, there was no education on that, you know, or how, how to combat that, you know? Did you
1: know what you were saying? Did you know these are demons? I yeah, I knew,
0: the, no, I knew they were demons um, or evil spirits. Um, so I would be seeing them. I wouldn't want to sleep by myself. You know, it was just different things. I was experiencing a lot of spiritual stuff, especially when my mom got into the church. There was, like, spiritual attacks and different things that were happening at churches where mm-hmm. I was really seeing people, like, cast out demons. And, like, I, I'm also a discerner, so I can feel the mm-hmm. atmosphere shift. Mm-hmm. So, like, when there's something that's not, like, I can feel the hairs on my, like, oh, wow. back of my neck. No- like I can, I can feel it. So that scared me, and the enemy basically was telling me, like, "Hey, like, if you continue down this path, like, you're going to experience all this scary stuff." Mm-hmm. You know, I was around uh, adults that I can see in the spirit, can see angels, and all this, and they would pray over me and stuff like that. But I didn't really get educated on how to combat it myself. Mm-hmm. Know the authority I have in Christ. Know the gift that it was even a gift mm-hmm. that I was discerning these things, or I can see beyond. Like, the physical. Like, I didn't I didn't really understand it. So, I just was like, I want to be normal. <laughs> like, I just want to be a normal kid, God. Like, you, you said,
1: know. uh-uh, I have big plans for you, John. I
0: want it to be normal. <laughs> I don't want to see no demons, okay?
1: <laughs> Wait, I can you explain, I. when you say seeing demons, what do you actually mean?
0: So, for me, there's different experiences that I had with, um, like, a family member. They would try to talk to me and... Say hi to me, and I could literally see like a face. That like I wouldn't really see their face. I can see the face of the demon and inside
1: I, of their face. Yeah, and
0: I can hear, like discern, like when they're speaking, it's not really them speaking. Ooh. Um, so I can, and from a young age, so when you see children that, like, there's a certain family member or a certain stranger, and they start talking to them in the, the the child, or even dogs and stuff like that, like animals have this kind of concept where they're like they don't mess with certain people. Usually mm-hmm. that's because they're discerning that spirit. Like, it's making them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was seeing that. Um, one time I was in a... This is, like, further down the story, but, like, um, I was in my st- stepbrother's bed um, where I was sleeping in his room at the time. He wasn't in there. Okay, and, yeah, let's And clarify. I wanted to clarify that. <laughs> but that's a whole other situation. We're not getting to that yet. Whoa, but, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. What do you mean that's... <laughs> wait, can we... <laughs> I'm trying to give an example and okay, you're just Okay, like, but
1: you drop in stuff we'll, like... we we'll, we'll follow up.
0: It was just because it was a small apartment. Okay. So that was where like me and my sister were sleeping at Fair the time. Enough. But yeah. in the... He had a headboard that had a mirror on it. Mm. And basically like when I would look at the mirror, I would see this lady in the corner by the door. Just like she was dressed in all black another thing that is a misconception is that demons are ugly like there are some that are ugly
1: mm-hmm.
0: but honestly some of them just look like humans mm-hmm. and some of them are actually attractive mm-hmm. and that's why it says that the enemy comes like he comes like an angel of light mm-hmm. some people that you think are attractive and look good on the outside are not good in the inside and can be demonic look at eve how she looked at the apple well not the apple it does not say that it's apple but the fruit mm-hmm. right that God told them not to eat, and she discerned that it was good, right? But we all know that God is the one who defines what's good and evil. Mm -hmm. So our eyes can actually, our eyes and our our own desires and heart, we can perceive something as good and it not actually be good.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's a whole nother story. But she was just this pale, human-like figure, basically just a human. Like, not, she was not human, it was a demon, but... A pale lady, just with black hair, black everything, and I would look in the mirror, I would see her. I would look out, look over there, and I wouldn't see her. I was like, see, this is why I just want to be normal, <laughs> cause ain't nobody got time for that. And I'll just be, and I'll just be like, God, why don't I see like angels? I'm always, I always see the demons. But there's different giftings, and then also if you have like open doors where your family has been involved in witchcraft and stuff like that, that's also a symptom mm-hmm. of that. But we're not even gonna touch
1: on that. Well, let's start talking about a little bit. Do you have witchcraft in your lineage? Like, were you discerning, okay, there is iniquity in my bloodline, and that's why I'm being exposed to some of this stuff?
0: I did not know that at the time. I have recently begun to unpack that within the last, what, two years? Mm-hmm. Of really understanding that, because I never knew, like, I don't know... Um, everything that my grandparents are involved in or whatever. And they seem like they're in the church. And and this is the thing is like, people can be in the church and be operating and doing things that are not godly. Mm -hmm. You know, their lives cannot be, there can be iniquity and stuff that's hidden, you know, and it goes back to us feeling like, Oh, if you go to church, then, you know, you're saved. If you go to church, then you're this godly person. Mm -hmm. No, the church is filled up like with people that are sick, that need Jesus. When you, receive Jesus in your heart when you receive the Holy Spirit when you have completely said Jesus I want you to be Lord not you just saying a prayer just because somebody told you to say it but you don't really believe it in your heart you have to believe it in your heart and you have to let Jesus be Lord and when you let Jesus be Lord and your Savior and the Holy Spirit comes in he starts to cultivate you over time it's not anything that's like you're going to be Jesus within two seconds mm-hmm. like there is a sanctification process that cost salvation is free but the sanctification process cost there's sacrifice it says pick up your cross and follow Jesus so with that being said like there's things that they were involved in that I was not privy to but recently going through different situations and seeing certain things in my life and really consulting with people like inner like inner healing within my church they have an inner healing ministry um where we invite the holy spirit in to start revealing things i ended up finding out that there's a lot of different iniquity uh iniquity is your spiritual dna Mm -hmm. right so you get a physical dna and you get a spiritual dna just like the real dna like you know you get different genetics and stuff from your ancestors from Um, All the people before you, right? So the spiritual DNA is, the iniquity with it is sins that your ancestors did, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents have done that have not been repented for, that have not been dealt with, that have been passed down the line. Mm -hmm. And you can start, you might not have the knowledge of this, but then you start producing the fruit. This is why you can see people that were adopted or never had a relationship with their previous parents, but they start producing the fruit of who their parents were, even though they never had a relationship with them in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's iniquity, and we don't really talk about that enough in the church. You know, we talk about sins, and yes, there's sins, your sins, but then there's also sins that are tied to you. There's also different uh, generational curses and demonic entities that are tied to that, that you need to break Mm -hmm. and you need to uproot. So it's just really important to really investigate these things. It says that God's people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now in this environment, there is so many people that are saying, "Oh, you're too deep." "Oh, that's You're lavish. over-spiritualizing. You're this. over-spiritualizing this." And the spiritual world is more real than the real world. Mm-hmm. And just because you get saved, you can get saved and you are going to heaven. But you can still be bond- in bondage on earth Period. because of iniquity, because of sins, because of different, yep. different doors that you have open. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that what you're listening to, what you're
1: feeding your soul,
0: what you're watching.
1: Who you're spending time with. Who
0: you're spending time with because you are who your friends are. Mm. People don't realize that the spiritual world is very legalistic. So just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that the, the enemy cannot attack you in a certain way because you have an open door. So you can have a soul tie with somebody. Yep. You know, you can be having this inappropriate relationship with someone and they can be doing something inappropriate, being in witchcraft, whatever. And because you guys have this tie, the enemy can attack you through that. Music is a big one. Music can move your soul in ways that we can't understand.
1: Who was Lucifer again? Remind me.
0: He was the lead worshiper. <laughs> he was, he was the, le- the minister of music.
1: We're just saying. We're just yes, saying. he was. An... He was
0: a minister of music, and people don't. And the music was good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And that's the first sin is pride. Go look it up, leviathan Go look that up. Don't have time to even touch on that.
1: <laughs> so mm-hmm. this man, we're speaking of this man right now. So Lucifer tells you, Jasmine, that if you continue to go down this road, getting into the church, getting into the things of God. You're going to be in danger. He lies to you, as he does, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: tries to convince you out of what God had for you. What happened next? So I told
0: God, God, I'm going to go be a normal person, and I will come back to you. Oop. At 12. (laughs) And we said,
1: You just stay right there, God.
0: (laughs) Hold this real quick. I'm going to go be... Because this is like middle school time. I'm like, I'm going to go do me... (laughs) I just want to be normal. I feel like I'm missing out. It's the fear of missing out, right? Mm -hmm. And it led to so much destruction in my life. Like, I I really wish that I had the education or knew knew what I know now to make different decisions, you know? And my mom, she did the best that she could. She had her own traumas. She had her own things that she was dealing with. And being a mother now... I really have empathy because it's hard being a parent and you're dealing with your own mental struggles. So she definitely did the best that she could and she's made mistakes, but haven't we all made mistakes? But when I did, when I said that to God, you know, I just decided like, okay, like I'm going to listen to this because during that time that we were really in church, I wasn't really listening to secular music. I didn't even know what what the popular music and stuff was out. But then once I got into middle school, I'm like, okay, I just want to have friends kind of fit in whatever ended up with my uh, stepbrother, where I was being abused in that situation this from the same man.
1: stepbrother that we were talking about before.
0: Yeah, but so rewind. My mom decided to marry this person that I did not agree with. When I met this person immediately, because I told you about discernment, mm-hmm. that is one of the gifts that God's given me. I didn't understand what that was at the time, but I was just like, no, no, he needs to go. No, no, he needs to go. And she just felt like, okay well you're a kid you're gonna grow up like i need to make decisions for myself and i feel like god had definitely um had revealed to her some things about somebody the person that god wanted her to be with but because she just didn't have that understanding to know to wait on god and certain certain and trust god in that i feel like when god gives us a word sometimes we feel like we don't have to do any work it's just oh if, if it's god it's just gonna happen mm-hmm. but faith without works is dead right when God gives you a word or a promise or he says that you're going to do this, there are some instructions that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to do. But if you just be like, whatever, and then you just let, you know, yeah.
1: If so what, what did she do? She married this other man. Who she was married not- that.
0: Yeah. So basically like God had revealed to her who she sh- should be with, but that person was not reacting in the way that you would think. So she's just like, okay, well, if it's God, then it'll just happen. But then somebody else came in the picture at that time mm-hmm. and was pursuing, and really, you know, I understand the the want that she wanted and 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 the needs that she had as a woman. So when this person is pursuing and they're saying that they are um, have a relationship with God and, and they're supposedly in the church and all this stuff, then you you know, and and the other person that you you feel like God said is not, then who wouldn't be like, hey, like this person is actually showing, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. get with that person. Um so that so that that's kind of what happened, but there were like red flags along the way. But sometimes when you don't have accountability and this is why it's so important for people to have accountability and mentors and people of God who can hear the Holy Spirit around you. So that when different decisions that you make in your life, you can submit that to them and that they can hear from the spirit. If everybody is telling you this ain't it, it's probably not it. So once, you know, once that marriage came to fruition, um, we are living in California at the time and the the plan was already to move back to Atlanta. And um, that's a whole nother story on how my first time that I got into Atlanta, but for the sake of time. Um, we are supposed to move back to Atlanta. And right after they got married, he was like, we're not moving to Atlanta. Mind you, he lived in South Central LA. Your girl is a suburban kid. So he was like, we're not moving. He lived in a two-bedroom apartment. It's me, my sister, my stepbrother, and both of them. So that's why we were in the, the room that was on you. Because we didn't have that. And from the jump, just really manipulative really emotionally abusive to my mother like really just doing all types of crazy stuff so my mom could not take it she was just like i cannot do it with this so we ended up moving back and with my grandmother and she was gonna move to atlanta so she got us tickets and we moved to atlanta and i was like hallelujah it's just gonna be me my mom and my sister we ain't gotta deal with them people no more and then they made up and my stepdad and my stepbrother moved to Atlanta with us. So that is kind of where the abuse kind of started is in Atlanta. And, you know, me being a kid, like me being a kid, I was never that kid. I was not going to say when something was wrong. Like I was not shy in that. So, you know, I did tell my mom, but she was just like, well, then why are you play with them? Or why do you have, you have shorts, like you have pajamas on that have shorts on so you're kind of doing that so why and she would leave me with this person by myself oh, no. in a house and i would have to go to my friend my best friend at the time her house to leave and he would just always be trying to be on me. i would wake up and he would be masturbating to me while i'm asleep mm. um what ended up happening with him though is he started abusing somebody in school that was a white girl in georgia they don't play that And he ended up getting in trouble, and basically, he was going to go to jail, and they told the judge, like, hey, like, he's going to move back to California, and the only reason why he didn't go to jail is because he moved back to California. But even after that, there was no, oh, like, maybe you're right. It was just kind of still like, oh, no, I don't believe you, even though this person actually got caught doing the same thing to somebody else. Your
1: mom still did not believe you? No. Wow. So how did that affect your conception of God at that point like you're being abused and you probably feel unseen you're saying this is happening to me and nothing is changing
0: I never put that towards God um it was never a thing of like God why did this happen to me it was more so um the start of the breakdown of me and my mom's relationship realizing that I'm not really protected Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't feel like I can trust anybody, and that was on my own Mm -hmm. type of thing. Basically, I learned how to be by myself. Like, Mm -hmm. I would watch TV. I would really, like, write out my emotions through poetry and write, and I wrote about how, like, what type of love I would want to have. Like, I want to get married. I want to, you know, do the things the right way, like God's way, and I still have it. Everything I said I wanted to do in there, I did the opposite. Everything I said I was not going to do, I ended up actually Um, getting involved in like what honey (laughs) one of the things obviously having um, sex before marriage and how that kind of came about is it was easy for me to make friends with um, boys than girls I feel like girls are very not now. I have some beautiful friends I was
1: gonna say, you sound like one of those hashtag not I like other you. girls not like other girls <laughs> <laughs> like when girls say like oh girls are just so dramatic i prefer no but okay. they were
0: they were they talked they try to fight you for no reason because they think that you like their boyfriend there were, it was just a lot of stuff with women and it was just really easy for um me to be best friends with guys right and the best the guys that are um i was becoming friends with Had crazy trauma wounds. And guess who has a nurturing and encouragement gift? Me. So what would end up happening is I was a people pleaser too. Jalen's dad, my daughter's dad, we were best friends in middle school. And we really talked and stuff like that. And he definitely um, had feelings for me. And I definitely loved him as a friend. But I didn't have the same in-depth love. And I feel like the love that he had for me came from me really genuinely loving him unconditionally because he didn't have that in his family so when you're getting love and encouragement from this one person you kind of like trauma bond right Mm. and that's very dangerous so like his way of expressing love was through sexual things right me being the people pleaser that I am I do love him so I didn't have boundaries Mm. and what ended up happening is is like we would do sexual things. We would not do full, we wouldn't do penetration or anything, but we would do sexual things. And that's how I got pregnant with my daughter, y'all. Like,
1: the first time she told me that, I was shooketh.
0: And I'm, we're just going to get real deep
1: with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how i think. This podcast <laughs> is
1: not made for children. <laughs> Please cut this off if it's
0: children. No, they need to know this because they need to know that they, you can You're get right. pregnant like this. You're so right. never mind. No, they need to hear
1: this. 12 and up. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah 12 and up so basically what was happening is he would just put his genital part on my part um what i didn't know because i'm dumb is that you have something called a hymen right so when you're a virgin it's your hymen like when you first have sex your hymen breaks right um, sometimes
1: it breaks in other ways we know this yeah
0: from from Biking, athletics and yeah. all whatever generally speaking this is what breaks and this is why you bleed. okay whatever My dumb self thought that your hymen covers the whole thing, right?
1: You thought it was, like, saran wrap on there.
0: Basically. I don't know what I thought. I was dumb. Okay, so anyways, so what what happens is, like, if you have something rubbing here and there is a hole right here, just because this genital does not go in does not mean that the semen does not go in. And when it went through, those things swam. (laughs) Okay? Oh, my God. And this is and and that's what happened. So I remember when it happened so vividly and God gave me a warning and God is faithful mm. um, because I was going to a youth church at the time. Me and her dad went to the church child and this girl she was talking she had a baby and she was talking about being a single mom. She had a baby very young. I forgot how old she was. She was younger than when I had Jalen.
1: Which was how old when you had Jalen?
0: I was 17. She was younger. I probably probably like sixteen or something. And she had brought her baby. She was talking about how she was just talking about how she became a single parent and all this other stuff and not to have sex and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not having sex because I was not having intercourse, right. but I was doing sexual things. Mm-hmm. God was just showing me like, mm, and I was like, oh whatever. So I missed my period, right? Then two months later, I'm at the house. My breasts are very sore. And I call my mom and I say, uh, my breasts are very sore. And she said, are you pregnant? And I said, I'll call you back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back.
0: And the whole thing, the whole crazy thing about this is the whole time that I miss my period, I'm like talking to him like I never missed my period. He's like, oh, you're just stressed, whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm stressed. It comes pretty regular. Mm-hmm. My mom comes home and she brings a pregnancy test. I go in the bathroom you know, do the thing, come out, go in my room, I turn all the lights out, sit on my bed. She comes in and she lays, she turns my light on and she lays the pregnancy test on there. It says pregnant. I still got the pregnancy test. It's in the scrapbook. Ooh. So I did not have a first sex experience. So, Wait, so
1: what was, what was your situation with the Lord looking like during this time period?
0: Like I was going to church and stuff. I had no, I didn't have a relationship mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not
1: because you were still kind of like, I'm doing me.
0: Doing me, and you see what doing me is is but getting me right now.
1: The Lord uses all things.
0: She is definitely meant to be here. Mm-hmm. She is my flower. She is a leader in the church and the youth. She be preaching to me. So look how God has blessed me in the mix of my sin and my faults. Mm-hmm. She's not a mistake. Amen. God uses our bad decisions, and he flips them and turns them for our good. So the blessing in her is just so amazing.
1: So how did you get from this point of I'm just doing me and now I have a baby to I'm walking with the Lord?
0: It was just a series of things. So I had, you know, a lot of stressors and with pregnancy and having Jalen had her early. But I had a lot of people telling me what I was not going to be able to do now that I was a parent. And I yeah. I was signed up for AP. This happened, like, the summer before my senior year in high school. Yeah. So I was going to go be an AP. I was going to study abroad and all these plans. And it just felt like all these plans were crushing down on me. Yeah. And then I'm having a child and, and the shame of, like, feeling like people are going to look at me and be like, oh, she just didn't wear a condom and she got pregnant. So with all that being said, like, I ended up going moving to Vegas because my mom moved me because she ended up getting remarried to somebody that she used to be friends with. And he lived in Vegas, so we moved from Atlanta to Vegas the last semester of my, my senior year. And basically, I was still doing me. I was trying to focus on myself, but I always felt like I was in this sabotage cycle of, like, different men mm. wanting to be with me, and I'd be like, no, no, no. And I would like different people like wanting me to be with that person. I finally give in, and then it would be like something toxic. Yeah. Um, and then once I get through that hump, it's somebody else is being sent. Mm-hmm. And dealing with these daddy issues, so being in situations of being abused, being molested and raped, and having this like this this pattern of being like raped and molested mm-hmm. and taken advantage of, and like all these different things in my adult life. And then it just got to a dark place where I was feeling the abandonment and the rejection that I was feeling throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was caring um, for people, whether it be my ex, whether it be like friends and different things. And I was pouring so much of myself out, but I was not getting anything back in. Mm. And that's what led to that video. Basically, like I had been crying and like not eating and crying in the shower and stuff. And I just dressed up in black. And I was like, I'm going to write down the names of everybody that I feel is not meeting my needs, like not pouring into me that I'm giving so much of myself out to and i'm just going to burn it all away. Oof. Like i'm going to just detach myself. I'm going to burn it and then that's going to take the feelings away so i can like move on. And Did um, You call that
1: witchcraft? It's definitely something. It's not witchcraft. It's definitely something, though. Uh, burning. Said, I'm going to wear all black. I'm going to write down these names and then I'm That's gonna a funeral.
0: It. Trying to reinvent myself. That's kind of what we do in Christ. Like when we get baptized, we die to our old life and we come to night. But I was trying to do it without Christ. So uh, clearly that so was not working.
1: It's just something about that's witchy. Like, I'm going to, it's just a weird little ritual. You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to burn it. I
0: don't know. Oh, I'm sorry, God. I repent.
1: Well, whatever. This is where he meets you. Let's get back to it. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so I had this breaking point and I posted that on Facebook. I don't feel like people really took it serious. I really knew how like, deep and dark. I was, place I was in, and they didn't really feel like it was a big deal. But in August of 2015, I was home by myself, and I was watching, um, I think it's called Heaven is Real. The Holy Spirit came in, and he delivered me. He started opening my eyes and, like, showing me things, like, vision-wise, and, like, showing me my sin and all types of different things. And I was just like, whoa, God, this is a lot. Like, why even look? Like, he was just showing me, like, futuristic things of, like, you need to, like, it's time for you to come back. Wow. Like, it's time for you. And throughout this time of me having this rebellious period, he was always there. I remember being at one of my other exes. I was at his house, laying in the bed. And I remember feeling like God was, like, right there looking at me, like, what are we doing here? And people would ask me, like, oh, are you a Christian? I'm like, oh, like, I'm spiritual, but I'm not, like. Um, but people would try to talk down about God or talk about Jesus. And I'd be ready to fight them. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's like a old, like your ex that you still are in love with, but you guys aren't, like, you knew, together. You knew
1: exactly who God was. You're like, I knew the...
0: who God was, and I knew, you don't. I don't play about him. So even if I'm not right with him, you're not going to disrespect him. And I've got gotten into arguments with that. So God was always there.
1: So you're in the living room, you're watching, I think it's called Heaven is for Real. Mm-hmm. It's about a child who, like, dies and goes to heaven, and mm-hmm. he comes back, and he's telling his parents, I saw Aunt So-and-so, and he knows all this stuff that he couldn't have possibly known unless it was true that he went and was with the mm-hmm. Lord. So you're watching this movie and the Lord comes to you in this living room and says, like, it's time for you to come back. And you're having actual vision.
0: Yeah, and, he's, and he was relating me to even some different people's testimonies on YouTube about, like, like, their experiences, like, going to hell and stuff like that. And then he was showing me, like, this is true. I need you to come back. So in the days after that, my ex calls me, like, literally, <laughs> while I'm going through this period, Classic. like, that that, yeah. Like, when he was talking to me, I can literally hear the demons in his voice. I couldn't even stay on the phone. I was like, "Uh, I got to go. Bye. Click. I couldn't sleep. The same stuff that was happening when I was younger started, like, first of all, I was already still being tormented in my dreams. And all this different stuff and having sleep paralysis and all this other crazy stuff during the time of me not being with the Lord. But now it was on 10 Mm -hmm. um, because obviously the enemy doesn't want to let go. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was reading the Bible. I started reading Psalms and I was just reading the Bible. God was just showing me his goodness, showing me different things that I was involved in. I was just in tears like crying like i'm so sorry god like i didn't understand like i didn't you know like the holy spirit really bringing me into repentance and i was like i need to go to somebody's church it still took me like seven years to fully get to where i am i think it's Mm -hmm. been like eight years probably like six years of being fully where i'm not dealing with stuff because of my sin are Um, you still
1: seeing demons and experiencing things like that
0: i do but it's not like when i'm awake it's more so like in dreams okay. um i can i dream a lot and god reveals a lot of stuff through my dreams like a lot like literally if i close my eyes i'm dreaming i still have the discernment so if i walk in a place i can be like mm-hmm. mm, what is that mm-hmm. i can really can start- will give
1: you a look Well <laughs> We've only been friends for, like, it's been less than a year. Honey. But already I've been with Jasmine when she's just, like, sh- she gets this look on her face when we're talking to somebody. Praying. And she's like,
0: uh. Nope, we're going to start praying. <laughs> um, my fr- Our friend Chelsea, she already know we on the same wavelength. I'm like, Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, we're going to start praying in tongues over here. God is just faithful because there are certain things, like soul ties, like with my ex I was telling you about. That took me a while to get over. I would go two years being celibate really wanting to be with God and I would still fall into and sleep with him and like I had to tell God like I don't know how to get out of this mm-hmm. like I do not I need you to help me mm-hmm. and he helped me all right he'll do that he helped me I had to cut that cold turkey and it wasn't me cutting it ter- God was like you either cut this person off and we were on good terms too on his birthday mm-hmm. it was like after a fast That's we had a nice fast guy in.
1: come on now
0: he don't care he's <laughs> gonna come get his babies period amen it was on his birthday. It was after a fast, seven days of fasting and praying and worshiping at my church. And, and I kept on getting warnings from different people about this. They're like, if you keep going, to, you keep seeing a stop sign, but you keep going. But if you keep going, like it's going to end bad. So God was like, for real, for real. I've been keeping my, my hand on you. You've been experiencing all these even more attacks and stuff like that because you're being around somebody that you don't have to be around. Mm. You know what I'm saying, and that's leaving an open door. And this is why. And I've been protecting you, but I'm about to lift my hand off of you. Ooh. So you either are gonna drop this person, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna let you.
1: It's do like when you. parents say you're a mom, so you know this. My mom, I feel like when I was younger, if I was on the verge of getting in trouble and she was giving me some time, she would say one, two. Bro, she's God like, I'm gonna count to five.
0: And guess who <laughs> dropped that person? Like. With all respect, because this is somebody that I love and have respect for, but they, you know, we were just not good. We were not meant for each other and we were going different paths. He did not want to have a relationship with God. He was not interested in that and he had a lot of open doors. So it says that darkness cannot be with light. It don't work like that. Um, So we we had to separate. But look at Pharaoh, right? How many chances? I think it was like 10 plagues. God was like, let go of my people. Let go of my people. And it says that After a certain amount of chances, and he still was holding the Israelites, he let Pharaoh's heart harden and do what he wanted to do. And guess what? How that ended up for him. He was under the Red Sea. Because God will give you chances. It says to draw to God while he is near. Ooh. Yes. While he's near. And people think... And I, and again, Ooh. I'm not saying mm. until you don't have breath in your body, you still can rededicate your life to Christ. You can still do this. But at some point, if God constantly keeps giving you warnings on something, he is going to let you do you. Mm. And your own sinful nature, nature is going to harden your heart mm. where you're not going to want to come to God. Mm. So if you feel those, that pull and that string to rededicate your life, Come into a relationship with me. Come into a relationship with me. Renounce this. And you keep and you keep letting that. God is a gentleman. He really respects your free will mm-hmm. to be with him or to not be with him. Think about us if we're in a relationship. If I'm in a relationship with a man and I'm telling him, stop cheating on me. After a certain pair of times, I'm leaving. Okay? I'm leaving. And it's going to be that. because. Uh so if if you keep if you keep doing that then you're gonna have the consequence of that so it's like why do we feel like god also even just like with sinning when you when you struggle with something you have a relationship with god and you struggle with sin give that sin to him and ask for help because if you continually sin knowing you're sinning and you're not asking for help to get out of it then there is no more sacrifice those sins are not forgiven You want scripture for this? Okay, let me pull it up. Alright, so we're going to start at Hebrews 10. So everybody, please turn your Bibles to Hebrews 10. This is a new living translation. I really want you guys to read this for yourself. It says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two of three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who says i will take revenge i will pay them back he also says the lord will judge his own people it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living god so we always talk about god's love but we don't want to talk about god's judgment mm. we need to have both of them together
1: they're inseparable
0: they're inseparable there's righteousness and there's judge justice they go together. So God's love, he is love and he will have compassion. He will have mercy. There's nothing that says that you have to be perfect. We cannot be saved by works. But if you are deliberately in sin and you are not willing to change, you've been a Christian for 30 years and you still got a mistress on the side. You somebody's grandmama, but you're still slandering and gossiping up in church. That's the one. Like, come. Deliberately, and this is stuff that is outlined, but we pick and choose what sins. We feel like our big sins were, oh, this is going to send you to hell. Yep. And, and and God doesn't see it like that. Like all sin is equal to him. We all fall short. Mm-hmm. And if you struggle in an area, please pray, ask God to help you and he will help you. But if you continually rebel against him and you want to run your own life, it says that Jesus is Lord.
1: Yep.
0: A lot of people, Jesus is their savior, but not their Lord. Yep. So let us go through the sanctifi- uh, sanctification process with God so that he can cleanse us, so he can wash us clean with his word.
1: Because he is not coming back for a He is church. not
0: coming back for... A
1: gross, dirty bride.
0: Yeah, he is coming back for spotless. a Spotless. Spotless bride.
1: And that is part of your calling, is to call out this stuff in the church. I feel like, like my call, I feel like, is often to talk to non-believers. He surrounds me with non-believers, and a lot of my friends are not Christians, and I spend a lot of my time talking to them about these things. I feel like a big part of your calling is to talk to people who are in Christ about what is keeping them from actually walking with him day in, day out. And this brings us to your upcoming event, because it is an event for Christians by Christians. It is called Who's Got the Juice Talent Show.
0: Yes. So my call that God has put on my life is in the entertainment industry. Um, to really showcase Christian creatives and to make sure that they are discipled, that they have community, they have accountability. Just because you got saved yesterday doesn't mean that you should put out a Christian rap album tomorrow. <laughs> you need to know the word. Do you know how to pray? It's okay to do music. It's okay to do music for Christ, but is it being influenced by the Holy Spirit or some other spirit? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people that do Christian music, gospel music, hip hop music, and their motive is not to glorify God, it's for the, it's for the fame, it's for um, the notoriety, mm-hmm. it's for um, the respect that's given, and mm-hmm. oh, I'm this. And, and a lot of these artists, they do not have community, they are not tied to a church, they are one-off people. And how are you part of a body, if a cell is disconnected to the uh, from the body, it's dead. So you have to be in the church, we need each other. And then we also need each other for accountability because if you try to go into any entertainment space by yourself, you will be eaten alive out here, you know. And that's why you see so many uh, Christian artists—they might do Christian music where their lives don't match up, and you start seeing that their culture and the culture around the entertainment industry is really infusing itself into their ideology and how they live their lives instead of Christ. So I'm just really into us building our own, having our own shows, having our own events, having our own places that we can have entertainment because we're not boring. So it's like we should have our own places where we can worship God, we can glorify God and not just gospel music or worship, but There's really dope Christian R&B artists, rock artists, pop artists that talk about God and not just God, but like talk about relationships in God's context. So with all that being said, we are doing an event called the Who's Got the Juice Talent Show. It is a fundraiser to raise money for our sex trafficking film, our Christian sex trafficking film, which is about um jesus's pursuit of a woman in sex trafficking
1: it's a documentary or it's a short film okay
0: so it's a short film to do what to showcase christian artists and christian content for god's glory to get people delivered to get people to be able to experience him people that might not step into a church building but they will actually go to event or they will actually watch a movie so definitely come out it's going to be such a great time we're gonna have so many you know, spoken word artists, we're going to have singers, we're going to have dancers, we're going to have comedy, we're going to have all the things. It's going to be a time to have fun and to enjoy and also to raise money for a great cause.
1: Yes. How can people connect with you and how can they get tickets to the talent show?
0: So um you can connect to me on Instagram. My Instagram is Jazzy underscore J. So it's Jazzy, J-A-S-Z-Y underscore J G J-A-E. I can't mm-hmm. even speak. So J-A-S-Z-Y underscore J-A-E. As far as the show and buying tickets, you can go to spiritfilledent.com forward slash events. Or you can follow us on Instagram at spiritfilledent.
1: And that event will be here in Atlanta on September 15th.
0: September 15th.
1: I will be in Ecuador.
0: She doesn't love me like that, y'all. But it's okay. I love her so much. It's the grace that God gives me <laughs> to love her, to love her, despite her downfalls. I, well, I mean, true. I love you. Thank I you. To say a little
1: prayer for my audience. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for everybody that is listening to this podcast. God, we just ask that you would just cultivate us, that you would renew us, that you would sanctify us for your great works, God, that you would pour your love in each and every one of us, God, that your will will be done and your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven in every single one of our lives, God. We just ask that you would just continue to have your Holy Spirit speak to us, God, that you would cleanse us of all unholiness, God. We want to be filled with your light, God. Activate the fruits of the Spirit in each and every one of us, God. So we just ask that you have your way, that we will always remember that our identity and our worth is rooted in you and you alone, God. Anybody that has not been saved, that you would just speak to their heart, God, that you would reveal yourself to them, that they would have a um, Damascus experience where you would really show up so that they will know that you're real. We pray all these things in your beautiful name, and we just pray that you would just continue to protect us, God, that you help us put the full arm of God on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the shield of faith that extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy, and the sword of the spirit, which is your word, God, that we would thirst after intimacy with you, that we would thirst for your word, and we would consume your word, God, and that we will live it out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Amen. If they're not covered after that... <laughs> Look, (laughs) thank you, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I
0: know we went all around the world and then we We did. I have editing.
1: Jasmine has a cat allergy, so it's time for us to get up out of my basement. I survived, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't puff up in the high, and that is on the sovereignty of God.